Sky, this is Meg. I'm coming to you from my sunroom while I fold the washing. It's 1.30 on a Monday and I wish I could say I wasn't doing something so, so mundane or um, kind of stereotypical um, for a woman, but it is what it is. The reality of my life is that I have three grubby children, one grubby dairy farmer and lots of washing. Everyone plays a different sport. Everyone has lots of different uniforms. Um, I washed a tissue and now I have to somehow get that off. Just on that though, I do try and do one to two domestic jobs a day. Otherwise, I have a whole day of them to deal with um, or at least half a day and I then I dread that day and I just, I can't be dreading days. They're too precious. Uh, this routine of mine, I've made a few notes and my goodness, it could use some work. It's extremely haphazard. I don't even know if you could call it a routine. It depends so much on what I'm working on and where I am. We divide our time between our farm on the east coast of Tasmania and a house in Hobart near the children's schools. At the moment we're in town in Hobart, so, um, well, my husband is at home with the cows and I'm in town with the children. Um, at times I think it's probably easier to manage 800 cows than three children, but anyway, I'm not complaining. I start my day at 6.30 in the morning when my alarm goes off and I hate my alarm. I'm not a morning person, never have been, probably never will be. So I drag myself out of bed, I wake the children <clears throat> and then there's the usual morning chaos involving breakfast or, you know, not eating breakfast as my teenagers have suddenly decided to do. I get the children out the door usually by about eight o'clock, uh, quarter to eight, and I'll try and follow them. And that's when I do my walk, which um, I walk every day, if possible, for about an hour and a half, about eight kilometres, I suppose. This is kind of non-negotiable for me because my work is quite sedentary um, most of the time. As a writer, I have to necessarily do a lot of staying still or bum on chair, as they say. I do have a standing desk, so yeah, that I think that helps my productivity in lots of ways because I find it hard to sit for too long. So that's been a nice addition. Anyway, the walk is also important for me because it's time when I can do one of a few things. The first is just to, I, hope, I think my dog's going to bark in a minute, so I'm sorry about that. He's looking like he's listening to some neighbor, neighbourhood dogs. He's not, a, he's not a country creature. I mean, he's not a city creature, much like me. Both of us are pretty on edge when we're here and always looking out the window to see what's going on. Anyway, um, I when I'm walking, the first thing that I might do is just let my mind wander or just take my thoughts with me and leave my earphones at home. <laughs> because if I'm working on a specific scene or some sort of structural problem or I really need to get my brain into the work, then I just need to go into those worlds that I've created or create things that didn't exist before. I always take my phone because um, 
I need to do voice memos if inspiration strikes, which it often does when I'm walking. The other thing I might do when I'm walking is pod- listen to a podcast, which I love. I just love podcasts, particularly other than yours, Sky. I really enjoy Adam Buxton. He's my favourite. He interviews funny people and he's very funny himself and that's my favourite podcast. Or I might listen to an audio book. Um, multitasking is my friend, um, she says as she folds a pair of knickers. I have to do lots of reading for my work, so um, audio books have been an absolute godsend. And I'm really, I love listening to different voice actors. I do some of my own narration for my work, so it's really nice for me to listen to how other people do it. So yeah, really into audio books. Um, the other thing I might do when I'm walking is make phone calls. There's always something to have to make a phone call about. Um, or I just call a friend because <clears throat> talking to my friends and my family, my sister or my mum, you know, they're connections you just have to keep. And my sister and I, for instance, might talk for the whole eight kilometres, maybe once a week. <laughs> but um, those kind of, they're really special to me. So that's my walk is loaded, isn't it? didn't realise quite how important it was to me. When I get back from my walk, uh, I get changed. And I do try and wear something a bit kind of worky, even though I'm most often working on my own. I just find I'm more, I don't know, engaged with the work and not slobbing around. Um, It's a psychological thing. But it works for me. So usually I'm sitting at my desk by 9.30 and hopefully getting stuck into work. Quite often I'm not. There's often lots of emails to check, school admin, uh, work stuff, blah, blah, blah. My work day is always different as well. My most favourite is when I've got a whole stretch of time ahead of me where I can work on my novels. This is my first love, so that's where I'm ideally going to go. I also work as marketing and sort of a general person for our small um, gourmet cheese and milk company, Brim Creek Dairy. So at the moment, for instance, we're um, filling um, a role within the company. So I'll be looking at job applications and sorting through those or ordering labels or designing publicity, social media posts, things like that. If I'm not doing that and I'm not writing novels, I am generally writing scripts for my corporate clients. I only have a few corporate clients left. I work as a copywriter, I have done for years, and I've kept a couple of clients. And sometimes I might be writing a script to inform school children about fire safety or an, an ad for radio about being COVID safe that's been a big one lately or I might have to go and meet a client and that's good too because it's a change of scene go and have a brainstorming session with other copywriters and some designers and uh, have a laugh and yeah it's a pretty solitary job writing so it's nice to go out and do those meetings every now and then yeah so that's kind of the work I cover I also perform and write cabaret so 
I might be working on one of those scripts or I might have a rehearsal scheduled. So I've got a show coming up in August. So that's something else that is built into my week. Sometimes my work days, sometimes my evenings. Um, as I said, Sky, really haphazard. Um, <clears throat> then the work day comes to a crashing end at 3.30 when the three children arrive home from school and need to be fed and watered and, um, I mean, they do that themselves, but, you know, their presence in my workplace does stop my work. <laughs> it depends, though. If I'm, if I'm working to a deadline, then I'm, I can very easily block them all out. But I'm also conscious that <clears throat> my twins are 16, nearly 16, and my youngest is 12, and the time is flying, and I do want to be here and present for them when they get home. It's just a choice that I've made, and um, I'm very lucky to be able to do that, so I never take that for granted. Um, even though I whinge about it a lot, like, you know, as soon as they're fed and watered, then I have to probably drive someone somewhere uh, to play sport or rehearse something or whatever. So those, um, the common hours, I don't know why I've call, always called them the common hours, don't know where I got that from, but the common hours go from about 3.30 till 7, I suppose, once I've got dinner organised. Uh, my son's dyslexic, so I have to um, spend a few sessions a week with him working on literacy and homework, helping him with homework and stuff. Uh, so that's built into our routine. Um, dinner, oh my gosh, I'm not a morning person and I'm not a cook. Um, so I'm not, not so far not very inspiring, I suppose. <laughs> but um, I have subscribed to one of those companies that deliver a box full of ingredients and then you look up the recipes. Um, this has been brilliant because I, um, it reduces my supermarket time. Mainly that's why it's so good. I never know what we're having until I open the box at about six o'clock on a Monday afternoon and then it's revealed. I find it fiddly for while I'm cooking it. It's fiddly as opposed to me just whipping out some recipe from my head that I've used forever that everyone's sick of. Um, but it's really broadened our eating and my cooking abilities, I think. Um, so, yeah, the jury's out on it, actually. I'm keeping the subscription for a while just to see how we go. But, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then once we've had dinner, the children and I will watch something on the telly together. Uh, we've been addicted to quite a few series recently, usually ones to do with ghosts. We're all a bit ghost, ghost story fans. None of us believe in ghosts, I don't think. But, I don't know, we're into ghost stories. And then I make the lunches because, as I said, nothing happens for me in the mornings. I make the lunches, get everyone into bed, um, and then I work again. So once everyone is in bed, I might work at my desk um, for another hour or so, or I take my computer to bed. Again, unhealthy habits. But if um, I've got a pressing deadline or something that's really captured me and I can't leave alone, then I might work till midnight. 
which is really bad. I know. I read myself to sleep. So put my computer down, pick up a book, not my book, someone else's book. And then I read until I fall asleep, which is normally, yeah, 12 to be realistic. Yes, so there it is. Probably not particularly aspirational. And if it is aspirational, then I suggest you look at your habits. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks for having me. I'm sure I've forgotten heaps of stuff. Um, but that's it for today. I've finished my lunch break. I'm going back to work. Meg Bignall's third book, The Angry Women's Choir, was released at the beginning of July. And before you go thinking that this interview is just a publicity exercise, please know that it is not. I interviewed Meg earlier in the year for Grazy Her's Life on the Land podcast, and I really loved her, the way she manages her life and also her modest nature. Don't you think that it's always the best kind of people that seem to be the most self-deprecating? And also Meg's a writer, something that I've always wanted to be. So of course, I am personally very interested in how she manages all facets of her life. Meg's novel, Angry Women's Choir, is a modern day take on feminism. The blurb reads, a heartwarming and uplifting story about a remarkable group of women who discover they are all capable of incredible things if they're strong enough and angry enough to take up the cause. You can buy it online and from good bookshops now. Meg's also got a monthly newsletter, which I honestly read in 10 seconds flat, and it always makes me laugh. Sign up at megbignall.com.au. If you know another woman on an endless, and perhaps fruitless, quest to perfect their daily routine, make their day better by forwarding them a link to this podcast, and I will be forever thankful. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Daily Routines. Let's check in with each other again next Tuesday morning. Speak to you then.